welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, as Girls. I'm Julia Gray, and with me I have my incredible co-host, Drew Haskins. Welcome to the Girls Room, everyone. How's it going, Drew? It's going well. Um, I had myself like a little Brooklyn day here in Chicago in Same that one. I made an Alice Roman recipe for lunch. Oh, wow. That is a little Brooklyn day. It is. Like I don't have anything going on on Tuesdays for the next few months. So like I'm taking the days to like make braises and like do home improvement and you know, just try to like honor the domestic goddess within a little bit. Um, and I feel I like Alison Roman is such like a North Star for me. And I made brisket and it was so good. So, shout is out it to one her. of her recipes from her uh, newsletter? No, this one was, um, what's the book called? It's called Nothing Fancy. I think it's her first. Oh, book no, book. I. I have that. <laughs> I like I feel like it's she is kind of the new Ina Garden in that like everyone our age needs to own at least one of her cookbooks. Right. She's, says, she's the Brooklyn Millennials Ina Garden. Yeah, 100 percent And like I just everything she makes is perfect to me. I'm also a newsletter subscriber, they're not a paid subscriber. Maybe in 2023 I will change that, but like she is the only YouTube like YouTuber that I watch consistently anymore too. We should try to get her on. I wonder if she's a girls fan. I would have to assume so. See, like I, I could see her being someone who, you know how uh, a big criticism a lot of people have is none of these people are like, well, why would I? I don't care about any of them. I could see her being frustrated by the show. Yeah, like, I, and I feel like she has also, like, lived a girl's episode, like, not to talk about her, like, the Chrissy Teigen feud of it all, but, like, she definitely, that, like, could have been a girl's plotline a little bit, but I would have to assume, though, that the girls of girls are ginormous Allison Roman fans. Especially Shoshana. Like, Shoshana loves Alison Roman. Definitely Shoshana. I feel like Hannah uh, has attempted a shallot pasta. Yeah. Uh, maybe burned the sauce. <laughs> that um, tracks exactly. Well, well, okay, this is actually, like, controversial point, not at all to do with girls, but did you like the shallot pasta? Have you made it? I really, I love it. It's, okay. It has a nice cake to it. What do you think? So I do, I did really like it. I was surprised that that was the recipe of hers that took the internet by storm. I wonder if it's because the sheer volume of shallots was so shocking to people. I know it was shocking to me. I mean, it is like, if somehow you are not aware of what the shallot pasta is, it's like three pounds of shallots cooked down to like a jammy reduction with tomato paste I want to say and anchovies it's like a caramelized like salt bomb a little bit but it's it really has, good I think it, it it has a lot of like the um ingredients and words which is yeah. maybe why it was so successful online like anchovies tin fish very hot girl jammy people love to call things yeah. jammy, the bon appetitification of 
language. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's also pretty approachable. It is. It's it's easy. It really only requires like chopping and also watching the pan so like the shallots don't burn. Mm-hmm. I do think sometimes, and this is the only criticism I will say for because I have never made a recipe of hers that was anything less than very good. I think sometimes, even though these recipes are very simple, she adds a chefy step that you don't need to necessarily do. Like what do you think the chefy step is here. I think you would be perfectly fine in that in the shallot pasta recipe without as many anchovies mm. maybe that's not chef enough but that feels like like I feel like it's like melting down a fish is something that I don't think a lot of people know you can do until you actually do it sure and like you could definitely just use fish sauce and get the exact same thing but the brisket today I made called for caramelizing honey which is something I've never done before it took like 30 seconds like you just pour the honey in the hot pan and it like bubbles up immediately and then you're like oh shit let me get these onions in here but I was like you couldn't really taste it in the final sauce because it's not that much honey it's like a third of a cup and Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have had the exact same flavor profile if I had either like left the honey out or just like put it in without like caramelizing it because that it simply didn't do anything you could have maybe she underestimated how much honey you need though. Maybe so. Like And maybe I don't overestimated how many shallots you need that damn pasta. Well, maybe you her def- are all off. It does make extra sauce. Like she's addicted to telling you that it makes extra sauce that you can like no. put on eggs and like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't it I mean and it's good. Like I'm not knocking any of it, but like I made her chocolate chip cookie recipes. Her chocolate chip cookies oh, recipe. Those are good. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. And that that's like, I guess those did go justifiably viral, but like that makes more sense to me than like shallot pasta. Sure. Who do you think? Uh, I have an answer. I want to hear your opinion. Who okay. is Allison on girls? Which girls is she? Which girl is she? Oh gosh. Um... I feel like I'm cheating by answering this a little bit because like I listened to her on a How Long Gone episode way back in the day and she was giving me this person's vibe. I feel like she's Mm -hmm. kind of a Jessa. (gasps) I'm so surprised. I think she's just a tried and true Marnie. Okay, I can I can see that too. Like she definitely has a very like wild child streak to her and like a cool above it all thing that she does now that like I think like yeah I guess it kind of exists like somewhere in between a Marnie and a Jessa because Jessa is like the successful authentic version of that in many ways and Marnie is like the free people <laughs> version of it a little bit. I do I feel like it's it's Marnie if Marnie like had a direction you know yeah. like Marnie could create a, a cooking um, like viral cooking empire. I will I do agree with you that like every tiktoker who is like a chef or a home cook and doing like the asmr choppy videos mm-hmm. and like the sun dappled avocado toast are marnie's like half big harvest absolutely a marnie that's a great point yeah 
Because Marnie's definitely, I, I think Marnie's a baker though. Oh yeah, I can, baking with some sort of weird little twists. Like every week she like imposes some new challenge on herself to like only use cricket flour and something. Oh, yeah. Or like we're using agave this week. <laughs> like uh, She gets like so excited about agave week. Like that's the Marnie. That's, TikTok experience. I, I wish that was her uh, her journey on the show. I do shudder to think about what Lena Dunham would write about TikTok these days. Like, I don't, I didn't see Sharp Stick, so I don't know if she talks about TikTok in that movie, but like, I do kind of feel like her next project is going to directly engage with the internet in some way. I hope so. Yeah. I would love that. I did also did not see Sharp Stick. I've heard it. Yeah, like some people I know really loved it, but they're also like hardcore Lena stands. So it's like Dunheads. Do we take the like the stand goggles off here and like review it objectively, or do we like actually, you know, assess the work on its own terms? But that could be a fun episode for us reviewing yeah. Sharp Stick. I would definitely do that. I also, I think we should watch Megan too and report back because I didn't get a chance to go see it this weekend. But like Allison Williams is the biggest movie star in the world right now. She's uh, a new horror darling. Yeah. And she's supposed to be great in this movie too. Like it looks good and it got really good reviews, but like she always kind of turns it out Mm -hmm. in these projects. She's... She's a talent. She just comes out when she wants to. Did you read the um, Vulture interview she did last week where she talks about like being a Nepo? She's like the only person who's given like good answers to being a Nepo baby. What did she say? She was like, yeah, like I was born with a lot of privilege. It would be foolish of me not to acknowledge that I had a massive leg up Mm-hmm. um when auditioning for these projects and like booking what I've been able to book like going to the kind of like institutions that I've been able to go to um I hope you can enjoy my work regardless yeah I mean perfect perfect no notes no notes and like we do enjoy her work like I I feel like she's not controversial anymore no I don't was she ever there was so we're in the period where like girls felt like peak fatigue like for mm-hmm. I mean I welcome everyone to like season three of girls room like we're officially kicking off today but like 2014 Lena Dunham and company was like a weird time and at the tail end of 2014 Allison mm-hmm. Williams starred as Peter Pan and Peter Pan live on NBC and did not did not do very well you know I completely blocked that out of my memory I think Allison Williams has blocked that out of her memory too like <laughs> now now the girl's sense is is good for her it's good for her and like I mean she's gone she's like gone viral again this week because someone found were we talking about this with Jen like she had a YouTube channel of her doing covers of songs before the show i think so i think we mentioned that but like the like right after we talked about it someone actually surfaced one um of her singing tiktok by kesha (laughs) and like 
a slow like kind of you know like it, it like 2010 youtuber girl kind of style and like it's like people could have clowned her for it but everyone was like we love mother like she's so mother for this <laughs> like, she really is. That, that's at this point in time you just have to kind of uh celebrate it yeah because like it's the a- talent's there they all have talent yeah it's also just such a um such a, a sign of the times it's a great it's a great piece of nostalgia yeah we, we don't have enough like you know like earnest covers like that anymore like the only things I see on TikTok that are like in that genre are okay it's the same like crew of like I think they're South African like these like three South African 16 year olds who all have voices like in between like a dog's bark and gravel like it's like so awful and they sing like tom's diner and like those kinds of things and i see them everywhere like everywhere wow do people like it or are we all are we all laughing i think there's like unfortunately always going to be a place in culture for like a gravelly voice teen singing songs that they're not supposed to like were you a big American Idol watcher back in the day? I was at the beginning. I, I okay. kind of felt like the show did. It's like the Taylor Hicks phenomenon a little bit. Like I Taylor Hicks. I, I remember at the time being so anti-Taylor Hicks. Oh, yeah. I was deeply team Catherine McPhee. And obviously that hasn't worked out well either. No, but no, not that either. At the time, it felt like the right choice. But, you know. Now cut to now now she's like um she essentially said like stop the steal for like the la mayoral or mayoral election this past year which was like right i remember that where are we now (laughs) (laughs) crazy she could have just just kept her mouth shut on that one yeah do we want to get into the episodes i think we should oh what a treat so like for anyone Who's just tuning in? We are covering the first two episodes of Girls season three today, um, which I thought were pretty solid. I don't know. What do you think? I thought they were fine. I I think they're maybe a little bit weak to start off the third season. Maybe not weak, but just kind of slow. Um, yeah. I, I think, but we've seen this with girls where they just they kind of take a while. Um, it's a lot of table setting, as we've said in early episodes of and then they kind of shove a lot into the last few episodes of the, I, I don't remember if this happens in season three but these definitely a lot of uh, building building blocks happening in these first two episodes yeah I I'm kind of realizing watching these two episodes specifically that like I can tell you pretty clearly what happens in season one two and six of this show and mm-hmm. three, four, and five are a lot more of like a like they're incidental scenes and like episodes here and there that I like really, really remember. But like the plotting of the middle part of the show is not as clear to me. So I'm very excited to watch these with like even fresher eyes than I had previously. Mm-hmm. And I like these two episodes. I thought the first one in particular was like extremely funny. Definitely. There's yeah. They're they're both very funny and very um uh 
telling about each character and kind of how their narcissisms mirror each other, which yeah. is a big theme on the show. I, I feel like it's just different versions of the same kind of millennial narcissism. And it's really fun to watch the beginnings of like bad bitch shosh. Like <laughs> I feel she's like really blossoming right now, and I'm excited to yeah to see that. They're planting seeds for Shosha's big moment, which comes later this season mm-hmm. in the Beach House episode. Do you want to catch us up to speed on what happened in at the end of season two? Yeah, so um, last season ended with Hannah and Adam getting together after Hannah has this mental crisis and Adam breaks up with Natalia, who we had been seeing. Um, Marnie and Charlie also got back together after Marnie's mental health crisis. Um, well, I don't know if they got back together, but they hooked up and I think we're kind of left on a what's happening now note. Um, mm-hmm. After Marnie sings stronger at Charlie's office party and mm-hmm. you know he kind of wants to heal the wounded momentarily by having sex with her. And then we see Shosh breaking up with Ray after realizing that his kind of hating everything is not jiving with her emotional development and her just growth as a young adult. So everyone's either breaking up or getting back together. Jessa is still missing. And we finally get an answer of Jess's whereabouts in these two episodes in a very big way, in a way that I kind of forgot about a little bit too, so. Me too, I uh, mean, I, uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Jessa is in rehab, which we'll get to, but yeah. seeing Jessa in, out of the city, um, out of the place where she's usually trying to make problems and in a new place where she's creating problems, really, uh, I feel like productive for the character yeah. development and just just fun to see a girl in a new space <laughs> that is in Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I that's like one of the little pleasures of all the girls when they go on their various story arcs, like seeing Marnie in Booth Jonathan in the art world, mm-hmm. that kind of environment, or like when Hannah goes to Iowa in, I think that's next season. Right. Um, And like anytime Shosh, you know, hangs out with like college friends or like does that. Like it's fun to see them like their narcissisms and like their insecurities reflected in these like new contexts. Like you kind of forget that um, they're all, for lack of a better word, terrible until you see them so starkly compared to normal people or not normal people with compassion and you know self-awareness people who can like exist outside of their own like apartment walls in a much more comfortable way like yeah because when when these girls are all reflecting off of each other um we also see this later in this episode where hannah's planning a dinner dinner party with all her friends or the the two remaining girls who aren't missing and I was like, I do not want to hang out with your friends. And it becomes clear because they all kind of just whine and uh, reassure each other. Like your, you know, your narcissism and whining are yeah. valid. Which is, I mean, I guess a lot of young female friendships. 
I'm going to try to not say narcissism for the rest of the episode. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard, though. It's so really? hard. Because, like, I mean, we say this, like, every week, but, like, Lena Dunham is so good at cataloging how people manifest their own selfishness in, like, very gradual, minute ways, like, and how those all, like, add up to like big humiliations with like big disappointments and stuff like yeah they're not as much this episode like well I so I did really talk about like reflecting each other but like I liked the device the montage device that this episode started with with like each of the girls except Jessa in bed um Hannah is with Adam they're like in a pretty good spot with their relationship um marnie wakes up alone at her mom's house in like new jersey or connecticut like wherever wherever she is and shosh just had a one night stand which like good for shosh yeah i i also really like that it did a good job of you know beginning of the season where are these girls in their lives showing them waking up in different scenarios did a good job of that without kind of your open head with it yeah my favorite scene of both of these episodes was right at the beginning of episode one where Hannah, so Hannah's still working at Ray's coffee shop, even though he's like, get out of here. Like, we don't want you here. And <laughs> Hannah says, you said I was your squeaky frome, which is so funny. Um, but Adam's there too. And they run into Natalia and Amy Schumer. Yes, I... Uh, this is you know this was never supposed to happen Hannah and were supposed to meet but there they are in Ray's coffee shop and Natalia and Amy Schumer who her character name is Angie I believe yeah mm-hmm. need to tell off Adam in front of Hannah and say like you you left her you slept and then left her and then they lie about uh Adam getting her pregnant which yeah. is crazy and then a few seconds go by okay no happened but (laughs) it was so 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 funny and like it started the scene also starts with like amy schumer piling on so much and like speaking for natalia but then eventually natalia like sheree appleby is like brilliant in the scene like a full minute long monologue in which she's like you're a donkey enjoy you two enjoy your urine soaked life and like she she asked Hannah if she if she was rushing on the way over here <laughs> like just perfect yeah perfect. really great they gave her some really great lines there um just to kind of you know tear Hannah down in the same way she's tearing down Adam just kind yeah. of these pathetic, uh scrappy Brooklynites no, it's it's so well written and like it does feel like we never see Natalia again after this. And that like it is a nice empowering moment for her to go out on after she is like degraded so much by Adam's like I mean I, I, this episode talks so much about like Hannah's mental health crisis, but like Adam had a big mental health crisis at the end of last season too. Like he like fully relapsed and that's kind of getting glossed over a little bit. But, yeah and and kind of continues to yeah um 
but I, I agree. I think that it was a good exit for uh, Natalia's character. Yeah. And, you know, also kind of just showing that this stable presence in Adam's life is no longer there. And Adam yeah. are, you know, maybe just these, <laughs> to use Natalia's words, urine-soaked <laughs> individuals kind of enabling each other. Uh, we also see Adam call out Hannah's bullshit a lot in this episode. Yeah. Um, he or in, def- these, in these two episodes. He definitely feels more comfortable. Like, like, yes, he is sort of the aggressive person in the relationship, but like he seems a little bit more modulated in these two episodes. Well, for the most part. I mean, there there's some like outbursts here and there and like, he just is such a bizarre human being in general, but like he's calling Hannah's narcissism and like capriciousness. Capri- oh, I said narcissism again. <laughs> um, ring the bell. Um, and calling in her like capriciousness a lot more, definitely. which he definitely would not have done in like season one. Like, I don't think he would have cared enough in season one necessarily to actually like offer any input, right? So, we, yeah, we definitely see this character starting to mature while meanwhile adam is kind of um just letting hannah stagnate and remain childish while he um feeds her her medication as we see and makes her helps her eat protein and it's it's falling into this kind of baby daddy (laughs) relationship that they have yeah but he definitely seems very like exhausted by her already. Mm-hmm. I'm ex I, I'm definitely excited for like the character arc he goes on over the next like two seasons. Like the we you can kind of see like the seeds being sown here. Um I also forgot that I forgot about the whole like David Pressler goings plotline this season and I forgot that he was back this episode at Dylan's Candy Bar my favorite my favorite place in New York so um funny. what a what a genius choice to have them meet at Dylan's Candy Bar yeah isn't this the second time on girls that they've gone there too like didn't Shosh go to Dylan's too it was mentioned in the episode she That's brings right. Dylan's, a bag of Dil- from Dylan's Candy Bar to uh his abortion oh yeah that's right <laughs> that's right i forgot yeah. oh my god <laughs> i love the way dylan's candy bar is used in this show yeah like it's and it really reveals a lot about like david as a character like he's this kind of faux literate hipster that is just like a basic corporate shill yes. at the end of the day and like him like revealing that you could eat the mug as if it was some sort of like trade secret right. was so funny. he's like that's why they're so famous because you can eat the mug okay <laughs> I, I, I so i was not allowed to do that well that's a weird way to phrase it we were in a my family visited dylan's candy bar like 15 years ago and we were in a big rush so i did not get to eat the mug and now like i am desperate to do so i went to candy bar also maybe 15 years ago and did yeah. not get candy i only got a tank top oh my god wait <laughs> i can bulk bin candy no i honestly i don't remember what Whoa. the yeah really That's sad 
it is sad and i think maybe that you weren't allowed to eat the mug i only got a tank top so that should tell you something about our childhoods it is i know we were deprived at the end of the day (laughs) (laughs) so like our privilege got us nowhere within the walls of dylan's candy bar (laughs) absolutely Uh, nowhere that's where that separated the boys from the men yeah um but yeah i a really funny scene where they're meeting after hannah's kind of mental breakdown where she says she can't finish the book because she needs an extension she's going through ear trauma um this was after she stuck the q-tip too far in her ear you know you see where this is going yeah at this meeting hannah and david pressler goings have he goes why didn't you tell me you were suffering from mental illness we can use that (laughs) which is very telling of this the the personal essay era in which this was written yeah it like and he like talks about like she's like i was embarrassed to write about and he's like why would you be embarrassed like you you talk about like jacking a kidney stone out of some guy's dick or whatever and she's like you're right you're like you're like it's it's so mortifying though to like have your trauma like weaponized against you like that and like it's it's yeah just so humiliating and to do it all over chocolate mugs like it's uh it's so crazy but great juxtaposition she's also in therapy with um bob balaban who i thought was like a child therapist or something but i guess maybe not but she she talks about like how everything's going well in her life with the writing with adam and he like picks away a little bit about like Adam's lack of money and like purposelessness um but she doesn't really care because she's just like she has a a daddy right she kind of glosses over the money thing so she's starting to recognize like yeah neither of us have that much money he certainly doesn't really try to you know make any moves upward and he makes paper mache items. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. he's living off of his aunt's money and like his woodshed apartment. It's I was I I kind of forget about the girls' ages sometimes when I watch this show, but like in episode two, Hannah mentions that she's 24 and too young to rent the car. And that really like threw me for a loop for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I think in this season even just in this these two episodes hannah's hannah's age is showing where she's really she's starting to come to terms with some of the things you have to come to terms with as you uh, progress through your 20s like money is a big one post kind of malaise and you know lack of direction and relationships you know whether this person is just someone you saw in college or someone who you're yeah built life with and adam is just not you know neither of them are very stable no they're definitely not very stable and like they do a trio of activities in this episode that are kind of like play acting at adulthood like one of which is this dinner party that hannah's like desperate to throw to get adam more integrated into her friend group 
and he is just like completely against it for like the reasons you said earlier about like the whining and like the constant like negative feedback loop that they're all stuck in and like he doesn't have any friends necessarily but like he would rather not have any friends than like be exposed to that sort of like toxic dynamic yeah um i i feel like it it, it's also an interesting scene um and tells you maybe a lot about adam when marnie is so sad from her breakup and adam really kind of presses her about it and offers actually helpful advice and purse stories so i it's and afterwards he says that was so exhausting i don't want to see them for another three months yeah (laughs) generous person with his energy it seems or maybe even gives too much Um, he he definitely like throws himself very intensely into relationships like we saw with i mean hannah and i guess more early season two and end of season one than like the beginning of the show and then with natalia like he goes so quickly with her mm-hmm. um he like tells her he loves her and then ghosts her which is like crazy and they both like just kind of ignore that like hannah and adam just ignore that for the rest of the episode yeah gloss it over um but they do like we end the episode with them having like pretty fulfilling sex like that seems a little bit more definitely more of like an even playing field than like what he and Natalia were doing or even like what they were doing in season one Mm -hmm. and then Jessica is asking to get picked up from rehab right Hannah immediately very angry upon hearing from Jessa instead of you know maybe asking where are you are you okay she's very but does agree to pick her up from rehab which we see in the next episode their yeah um, i do we want to talk about justice plotline or do we like yeah, shosh didn't do anything this episode really like definitely not she was present and then marnie is just kind of uh react to adam or yeah. their that their conversation over dinner is her main yeah i really once again would love to give flowers to rita wilson for a role she was born to play like she's so good as adult marnie so good great um she's kind of just all but telling her she's pathetic yeah still being caught up on um charlie and sleeping on her couch and marnie is kind of on a on the downswing she's working at grumpy's and it's she's you know she's she's no different than hannah where for a period she kind of thought she was above hannah and now yeah she's, the characters are more alike than we thought and the grumpies of it all sets up one of my least favorite plot lines um <laughs> of the entire show that we will i mean we will get to in future episodes like maybe even next week actually i don't remember but it's uh we'll we'll cross that bridge when you get to but it's not not good like very random um i loved the guest stars in this episode in general like 
the casting department for this show is great but see i forgot kim gordon was on this show yeah in rehab with jessa no less (laughs) jessa's rehab has an all-star cast we have gordon we have danielle brooks from orange is the new black (laughs) and like her like lower companion buddy jasper is played by richard e grant who is in like the uh what's that movie called with uh, like the melissa mccarthy movie where she plays like forger he got an oscar nomination for it though a few years ago but this was like before that he's legendary like british character actor and i was like oh yeah i forgot this too like he is great in this role all of the guest stars really deliver um yeah is this kind of i don't know how would you describe her character rehab group she she's like this like loud wacky woman a little bit in the same way that like carol kane as natalia's mom and adam's like aa group like she's that for this crowd similar her like just deadpanning and yelling like she's a bitch and like i've never worn a scrunchie in my whole life <laughs> like and then just saying but you want to is so funny <laughs> like yeah jessa is kind of the villain of rehab yeah like it i was kind of surprised that she was so closed off to like spirituality and the recovery process like maybe it's more i don't know if it's just the writing hasn't established that she has like you know bad substance abuse issues like to the extent that would necessitate her going to rehab or like she's just kind of young and not feeling it or like not ready to like take on those changes herself but like i don't know i this i like this plot line but like i was i was just a little surprised by like Oh, she's definitely not as like in touch with herself as like maybe she would have been, mm-hmm. or like we were maybe led to think. But yeah, I I think it's just again the like stagnated growth, the arrested yeah. development that we see in a lot of these characters, um, says that she figured her shit out already when she was five years old. She just has no self awareness and yeah gets kicked out of we'll get to that there there are a few details that lead to her getting kicked out of rehab but yeah she's on male ban quote-unquote m-a-l-e yeah and she has to wear a sign that says females only which is i i think the the best punchline of the episode yeah i mean like she definitely has not lost her like rebellious streak or her or just like her spirit has not been broken down in this first episode like though like her cruelty is on overdrive like her telling daniel brooks that like i feel like you're be- using being molested as an excuse is just like a devastatingly cruel thing to do and like she deserves the coffee that she gets thrown on her exactly yeah she she tells her that she she blames everything blames things on being molested by her uncle and then calls her a lesbian just says oh and i don't remember how she says it but she turns out to be right yeah so like yeah like this scene was this is one scene that has really stuck with me throughout the show like 
Jessa coming in to apologize to, in her words, fat gay Laura to mm-hmm. for like being so rude in the session. And then like Laura comes out to her in a very like kind of matter of fact, sweet way. And Jessa like returns the favor by like giving her her first sexual experience. Which is actually really like manipulative, I feel. And just- yeah and all all the all the other words <laughs> it is very like do it for the plot yeah oh it is very much that i she the higher-ups walk in on her and that's when she gets thrown out yeah it's 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 really it's sad and it's it's just not she's not um she's not fixing anything she's creating more problems and creating problems with other people yeah and like doing all this under the guise of like trying to be constructive with other people or like trying to provide a service like it's so it's just shitty I mean like yeah and it's disingenuous she doesn't this character just doesn't have a lot of redeeming factors yeah oh I don't know how I feel about Lena's choice to make her so just unbelievably selfish I don't know how I I feel like it's she's not a three-dimensional character sometimes yeah I think like she's she's cruel and like she becomes sort of like the dumping ground for like the daddy issues of it all like kind of this like bohemian libertine character like in season one with like um Catherine Hahn and her husband like three seasons of chaos agent behavior just kind of like wears down a little bit and even though a lot of things happen to Jessa and like she gets married and gets divorced and like she has a or tries to get an abortion but then ends up having a miscarriage like it doesn't she's not as dynamic as the other three seem to be um and that changes eventually like jess is arguably the like stealth protagonist of like the last few seasons of this show yeah but this season i was like watching the daniel brooks scene and then like remembering oh yeah uh jasper is a big character this season i like remembered the whole arc and i was like we're getting a lot of ups and downs we're getting a lot of like kind of the same old same old here and I think that is sort of season three's problem in general beyond beach house like it is kind of a lot of same old same old but like not unpleasantly so definitely because it is funny still though I did not find well I don't do you have anything else you want to say about season one or episode one no I think I think we did it yeah season two I thought was a worse episode than season one, but had very funny moments. Shoshana, genius woman. Yeah, I think there there were a lot of funny moments that were able to happen because we see Adam Shosh and Hannah together, which is such an odd trio. Yeah. And by putting these characters in a room or a car together, it just it, it provided a lot of comedic relief I, I really thought that was a smart idea yeah uh, and then you see this last time I'll say it narcissism merry-go-round kind of going on between the three of them yeah uh, 
So the three of them are on a road trip to pick up Jessa from rehab. Yeah, like, and it's kind of a split, um, like a split scenario here. Like Hannah is very pro picking her up just to like get her back on her feet and like be there as a friend, even though Jessa was like very much not there for Hannah throughout her whole mental health crisis. And Adam is anti because he doesn't feel like Jessa has done the work to be able to let be let out of rehab and the fact that she's like asking to leave means that she's like not ready to go yet yeah i mean i think by by just agreeing to pick up jessa it shows hannah's poor judgment and kind of the characters let's make this about me yeah Uh, like he's speaking from a perspective of like a former addict like someone who's in recovery actually trying to do the work and she like immediately dismisses him out of hand as like you wouldn't get it like this is the thing about female friendships and it's like no that's like a very like no offense girl boss thing to say like (laughs) female friendship does not supersede like actual you know trauma and like that form of recovery yeah i mean even during the road trip hannah kind of whines about how it's boring and she says she's realizing that the road trip is not a metaphor and she can't find any fodder for her book which is just okay now we see the real reason you set out on this road trip to pick your friend up from rehab it's because that sounds like a story but maybe it's not it's just a sad thing that happened to your friend no she like cites like you know a don henley song is like the model for what she was trying to go for and then it's just like they're just going like a very like they were going like what upstate or something i think so which i'm sure she's done before i did like adam and shoshana's perspective on like never they could never ever be bored just because there's so much to enjoy and so much to look at and take in. I love that point of view. I also yeah. love Shasta saying, um, I will never be bored if there's Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome line. It's like, and it's so nice to have that perspective shared by the two characters out of the like five that are, I think on the surface, the most incurious like Mm -hmm. Shoshana like Shoshana grows into herself but like I think we're kind of meant to think right now that she's still this like basic naive girl which in a lot of ways she is and Adam is just like like what like kind of a caveman right but they're also they have such like a purity about them and how they interact with the world that is like such a nice contradiction or in juxtaposition to like Hannah who like considers herself this like great chronicler of society like the voice of a generation that's <laughs> like, so true that's a really good point kind of their curiosity and maybe lust for life even uh really just shows hannah's lack of curiosity and openness to the world yeah and like she also just the- oh no go on as i also shosh and adam are maybe the most different characters on the show and to see they both just share this kind of base level 
you know, curiosity is interesting for the character. Shosh was so on fire this episode, though. Like, it's kind of hard. Like, I mean, I think it's okay to just, like, talk about the three of them kind of in tandem. Um, But, like, Hannah and Shoshana screaming one more night by Rune 5 in the car. Like, perfect song choice. Like, of course, Shoshana is, like, hugely into, like, late period Maroon 5 (laughs) and Adam punches the radio quiet which is scary tense choice yeah but I did really like at the end of the episode when like Shoshana's listening to the same song on her headphones and just singing it out loud (laughs) like she got her little she got her win she did I I I do think this trio is I, I wish we saw them more um as a kind of, I wish they played off each other more and yeah this. but I, I get it maybe it makes it more special that they don't and this is kind of the one episode where they get they, like the big like trio because like we do I think if memory serves like Adam goes with Shoshana to like the Weeman conference like that like women's empowerment conference like that's which is I mean that's like in a few seasons so we're like way off from that but like I always think about that episode too because like I feel like a lot of shows have copied that kind of trope in the years since but um my favorite line of this episode was the following Shoshana line my friend Rachel is fully addicted to blueberry Red Bull and she'll always tell me she like hasn't had one with a blue tongue. Yeah, when she's comparing this to drug addiction or Jessa being in rehab. Yeah. So, I mean, because Adam is saying, of course, Jessa asked you to pick her up and that she's fine. That's what addicts do. <laughs> yeah. And Shoshana like chalks up a lot of Jess's problems to her just being this like free spirit. Like, yeah, she does a lot of drugs and binge drinks and like has like devastating affairs with people. But that's to Shoshana, that's just like being in your early to mid 20s. Right. Yeah. I, at one point, Shoshana says, I just hope she can she'll be back in time to be in my graduation photos. Yeah. It's so chic. So chic. <laughs> so funny. I, I, I do, um, I mean, season three is like the season of Shoshana realizing that like, oh, these three girls who I've been using like for better or worse as role models for how I should be living my like post-collegiate life mm-hmm. are total losers and like not to be trusted is shit together yeah it's a gift like watching her like chart a path forward and like i i don't know why i was so pleased for her but like her buying the cracker barrel rocking chair was it felt like a little victory somehow like she's she's it's not her own money probably but she's like making really confident choices about what she wants and how she's gonna like wield her wealth that like the other girls just have no idea how to even that's a funny observation yeah I like seeing Hannah in the back seat next to this cracker barrel rocking chair yeah I think she says something like like I have no room back here this rocking chair is like uh stalling creative growth or something (laughs) 
then she sticks her head in the bars and says like look i'm stuck (laughs) she's looking for she's looking for something and she's not finding it yeah while shosh has found a rocking chair and she gets shosh gets to ride shotgun with adam which is was like a nice little piece of visual language to show that they're like getting closer and like are more aligned than they might think um I also really like Shoshana saying Ryan Felipe instead of Philippi. And she says, trust me, I read his biography. I think I would know. <laughs> <laughs> that's on um on Who Weekly, that's how they pronounce it too, which has always dri- driven me crazy. But now I kind of wonder if it is a Shoshana reference. Wow, it might be. I do think it's Philippi, right? It's definitely Philippi. It's not Ryan Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know. Um. But before, the three of them eventually get to a hotel where they stay the night. Oh, yeah. Adam pulls over, I think it's before, um, for a hike. I think he's just tired of hearing everyone yapping and pulls over in the middle of the road, says, all right, we're going. And then Hannah refuses to go with them and ends up lying in the dirt and the leaves listening to This American Life, which I thought was funny details, funny, like very telling yeah and like you do you get the like one-on-one pairing of shosh and adam mm-hmm. like she's obviously like chatterboxing her way through the entire hike and she says some like pretty hurtful targeted things to adam about like right. oh like you were able to be there for hannah so much because like you have nothing really going on and like you don't really have any friends and I I like you kind of realize in this moment that she's like seeing a Ray and Shosh dynamic play out a little bit with Adam and Hannah and she's like trying to get Adam to like buck up a little bit in a way that she couldn't get Ray to do I don't know if she's consciously doing that though she says something like uh, like yeah what would Hannah do if you didn't have no job or no friends (laughs) yeah just uh certainly I, I think maybe she's seeing the parables without realizing it um, yeah because I I guess you're right like at the end of the scene when he's like she is my best friend she is like so she takes that as like the most romantic thing ever when it's like right. it is romantic but it's also like that's codependency <laughs> for real and um, when you're 21 you don't necessarily know like what codependency is in that way at least not in practice no um but then they they go to this hotel or motel um yeah where shosh is like sleeping on an air mattress and they're both in the bed and they play truth or dare it's a small scene but funny I, i like I like uh, Shosh also watching sitcoms, kind of like mouthing along. Yeah. She she is a woman of like simple pleasures, but like she really does have such an enlightened existence. And I just am constantly happy for her. I thought <laughs> I, it was so cute. Like her dare for Adam was to kiss Hannah. And then I... like Hannah immediately, her truth is like, say I couldn't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head but it was like something incredibly devastating and I was like oh that's like you two in like your disparity in a nutshell 
Yeah, I, that's an interesting point that the episode was kind of showing the differences between Anna and Shosh and the similarities between Shosh and Adam. Yeah. And Adam like shuts it down immediately before even playing the game, which is like so Adam, like he's just not into like introspection like that. Um, We also, we forgot to mention that Marnie is moving into her new apartment and uh, is on a phone. Like I think she calls Hannah and tells her after after lying briefly about where they're going she's like yeah me and adam are going upstate for a romantic weekend just kidding i lied we're going to pick up jessa from yeah and marnie is so so jealous (laughs) she says i wouldn't want to come but like i feel pretty left out and you know in the in this moment i was once again a marnie because i've done this exact same thing multiple times like I don't want to come but I wish you invited me yeah which I like I know that is like such a horrible annoying thing to say but like I I we've all been there we've all been there like it is like it's it's FOMO but it's also like yeah I guess it is centering yourself in the narrative a little bit that is what at least we're I, I'm I'm working on it. I'm trying to work on it. <laughs> oh my god! That um, like a lot of my Marnie-ish behaviors, I feel like are more like in the past than this particular tick I have definitely done within the past like four months. So you know, that, we're all yeah, little I, works in progress. That's true. I've I've definitely done it at least in the last year. Yeah. Um. Should we move to Jessa? Yeah, yeah. We should definitely move. To our girl Jessa. Oh, she was in like I couldn't tell. Like she was in solitary confinement. She said, but like the door wasn't unlocked, so she could have walked out at any given time. She's. I think she's making up that she was in solitary confinement. She's like no food or water. I I, I find it hard to believe that. Yeah. She was water, but maybe. Um. She goes to see Jasper her uh problem rehab friend before she goes and or before her friends pick her up and he tries to have sex with her and I feel like this is just kind of Jessa starting to see the consequences of her actions and creating intimacy with people but um, she like she keeps doing it over and over again though like there's like a new male figure every season between Catherine Hahn's husband and then Thomas John and then now Jasper like she has this like cycle of doing it and then she realizes it but she just like cannot get out of it I I don't remember if if we see more in that vein from her but it she definitely shuts it down and also has been on pills this whole time yeah, and like his aggression towards her is like withdrawal, he says, but like that also might just be an excuse. Like, right. It was sad. And then like the Shosh and Adam and Hannah show up at Sheltering Winds um, and pick right. her up. And the, like Hannah realizes that she's like been, she's been kicked out for fraternizing and she's not clean like she asked for her weed back 
and there's like an airport really close to the facility that like they could have she could have just gone home that way right so jessa did just kind of disappear and then now immediately wants to show back up uh call on hannah when she needs her and yeah which is true that's what happened and like hannah's justifiably really angry about this like right i think like in like when she answered the phone call like in the last episode like she's like way more angry at Jessica for like disappearing than like you know has like genuine concern for her well-being but I kind of get it honestly like you have a phone still like there's no reason to like ghost people like that and like worry people sick so I kind of like one of the rare moments where I'm like, okay, Hannah's completely justified for like centering herself. Right. She's in the narrative a little bit. We also just see that Jess is almost refusing to change or, you know, I mean, she thinks she's above recovery, above rehab. Yeah. You know, basically checks herself out by getting kicked out. Right. And like, she just won't take accountability for like the choices that led her her to get expelled like she like she is just a rebel without a cause in a lot of ways and like I don't know I mean she gets it like it's this is not like the turning point for her like that kind of comes later in the season but it definitely is like it's like the next to last chapter of her like bad girl era more or less and like the foreshadowing of her potentially going to aa meetings with adam mm-hmm. i thought another example of like seeds well sown yes definitely a, a good a good seed to plant i yeah. yeah i i also feel like hannah immediately forgiving her it's they, they they're going through similar similar things with different symptoms yeah that makes sense no it definitely makes sense all in all these were i would give the first episode a b plus and the second one a b minus maybe yeah that i i believe that yeah i entertaining yeah i like these episodes as a way to set up this season but like you said before season um largely unmemorable yeah except for the one episode is like that's arguably the best one of the whole show but which girl were you in these episodes um i okay i think i'm regrettably might be hannah when she says the road trip actually isn't a metaphor (laughs) um uh and maybe also Shosh and her nervous energy when she's pacing in front of the front desk at the rehab center. I I, I see myself in, in both of those uh you know moments. Yeah. I I actually am with you on the Shosh of it all as a huge pacer. Um I was Marnie this episode once again though. I mean like for the reasons we've already discussed and I just like her wallowing style over guys and my wallowing style over guys 
regrettably very similar. So not great. But what about ranking the girls? Okay. I think Shosh is on top because she is, this is the beginning of her of owning her life and having more of a voice and making decisions not because of peer pressure and Mm -hmm. Hannah because she is left out and sad from her breakup but she has a new apartment and that's a great start and then maybe Hannah after that because she is uh, drowning in self-absorption and not making a lot of progress on her writing it seems other than the successful meeting she had at Dylan's candy bar mm-hmm. and then Jess is on bottom of course for getting herself kicked out of rehab yeah like a true like rock bottom moment for Jessa really? yeah I my ranking's pretty similar I had Shosh up top by default but she was also just on fire this week um, I have Hannah slightly above Marnie, though, like, they, it could have been a tie, and I think that would have been fine, just because Hannah's, I'd rather be, like, delusional Hannah than, like, no offense, pathetic Marnie, like, Marnie was not living in her, like, her girl bossitude as much this episode, so for that, she's third, yeah, just a rock bottom at the bottom, like, horrible, horrible episode for her um but I'm really excited for the rest of this season though because like I really can only picture like the beach house episode Marnie and a certain character hooking up and then Mm -hmm. um I we see Jasper again and that's I'll leave it at that but those are the only thing I really like concretely remember from this season Something else I just remembered in the next episode, we see Gabby Hoffman, I think. Oh, right? thank God. Yeah. Like, I love, I love her as Adam's sister. She is, she's so, she is, she was born for that role. Yes. Like once again, the casting on this show deserves everything. Like it's, it's such a well cast show. Like that's perfect casting. I I think it's later in this season, but like Gillian Jacobs from Community shows up as Mimi Rose, which I think that next season. Okay, then I I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited though because like it, they really just find like random people to do like little like cameos or like these really lived in like small guest arcs that I'm just like. I know Rita Wilson's in more episodes this season too, so I'm excited for more Rita. But uh, another fun episode in the books. Another one in the books. Next week will certainly be fun. I think I think we'll do two episodes, but but you'll have to wait and see. Maybe we'll do three. Yes, we will definitely. You'll know when we know about the scheduling. (laughs) Um, and by now you are listening to these on our dedicated girls room feed you can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts um and make sure to rate and review us too because that i don't want to talk about algorithms i would never talk about algorithms on on girls room but like they do help somehow so rate and review us we're 
we would do the same for you. Yes, absolutely. And we have some fun guests coming up in the next few weeks. So stick around for that. And uh, yeah, until next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.